The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Christianity should be easier than this. It's a religion that, in most cases, claims one book for itself and certainly claims one founder, a divine founder at that, Jesus Christ. Yet from what we see in the world, it's far from anything unified and orderly, quite the opposite. Modern Christianity looks like a jumbled up puzzle of different mismatched pieces with different groups teaching different truths and practicing different traditions in a hundred different ways. A chaotic puzzle like this Rubik's Cube with its faces all in disorder and confused. How did it get this way? And more importantly, how can we get it to this? It is possible. Join us today on Tomorrow's World as we solve the puzzle of Christianity. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. It's a pleasure to have you with us again. Currently, professing Christianity, as the word is broadly understood, represents the largest religion on the planet, comprising more than two billion human beings. It bears the name of Jesus Christ, the very Son of God who walked the earth almost 2,000 years ago. His teachings and those of His followers were collected in a book we call the Bible. One man, one book. You'd think it would be clear what Christianity is, what its beliefs are, what its practices and traditions should be, and what its purpose is. It should be like a Rubik's Cube puzzle that is beautiful and solved, orderly and clear, red on this side, blue on that side, etc. But when we look at what is called Christianity in the world today, it is not orderly and clear. It is a sea of confusion. Even the most casual observer would have to agree that the religion that is called Christianity today seems a confusing mess. What happens to believers when they die? What about non-believers? How should a person be baptized? Does he or she even need to be baptized at all? Should we obey the Ten Commandments or were they done away at the cross? Should we worship on Sunday or Saturday or does it make no difference at all? Should Christians be separate from the world, not voting or participating in politics? Or should they be all the more engaged, fighting for social causes and legislation they like? Why did God create man in the first place? What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of life? If you grab five professing Christians off of the street and ask them questions like these, you might get five completely different sets of answers. In fact, you might get six or seven. And given the lessons of history, if they were Christian countries, they might just declare war on each other afterward. For those of us who believe in the God of the Bible, this confusion should bother us because he makes it clear through the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33 
For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God isn't the author of confusion, yet the religion called Christianity is in confusion. It's not the nice, orderly Rubik's Cube. It's the twisted, mixed-up, chaotic puzzle in disorder and disarray, and that's disheartening. I'll admit, when I was a young man, I looked out at the confusion of modern Christianity, and I didn't like what I saw. A world of competing visions of what Christianity meant, what was true and what was false, what practices were truly Christian and what practices labeled Christian but weren't. How did it get that way? The Bible makes the answer to that question very plain. There is a real Satan the devil, and Revelation 12:9 says that he has deceived the whole world. Since the very beginning of Christianity, the devil has worked to distort the pure faith that Jesus Christ brought to mankind. We see this reflected in Jude's admonition recorded in verse 3 of his letter. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. The Apostle Paul wrote the people of Corinth and told them that Satan can make himself appear to be an angel of light. And he warns them in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 4, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. That's right. From the earliest days, Satan has been twisting the truth that God gave through Jesus Christ, making it a different gospel from the one Christ preached, with different teachings that people were taking as true. He was able to twist and distort beliefs about Jesus so much, like Paul says, it was as though people who claimed to believe in Jesus Christ were believing in a totally different Jesus Christ. Satan does not want you to have a relationship with the real Jesus Christ or to believe his actual teachings. And to achieve his ends, he has corrupted worldly Christianity for 2,000 years with false teachings. The result? Modern Christianity is a mess, a puzzle that seems impossible to solve. But there is a way to solve it. It will make so much sense that it will seem obvious, and yet practically no one does it, content to settle for the confusion that Satan offers them, a confusion that hampers their relationship with God without their even knowing it. We'll explain how to solve the puzzle of Christianity in just a moment. But first, I want to give you an opportunity to request the free resource that we're offering today to all of our viewers, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. Satan the devil has taken the pure, life-changing faith that Jesus Christ established and has corrupted it and replaced it with a false counterfeit faith that feels right but in the end actually separates you from God. Don't just take my word for it. Open your Bible and see it for yourself. This explosive booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity, will show you how. Here's how to get your free copy, 
and be sure to stick around because we'll reveal how to solve the puzzle of Christianity in just a moment. You need to know. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now. 1-800-236-0531 or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org With this offer you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues and be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Welcome back. You know, when these Rubik's Cubes first came out, I was still a child. And I will freely admit, I did not have the patience to figure out how to solve them on my own. I had to get a book. And that book revealed the twists and the steps that were required to return my jumbled up chaotic mess to its original pristine glory. Well, the way to solve the puzzle of Christianity is actually very similar. In our last segment, we discussed how the devil has twisted and corrupted the religion called Christianity with hundreds upon hundreds of different competing splits and sects trying to find the true Christianity that Jesus founded amidst the chaotic and confusing sea of counterfeits with different denominations and different traditions and different doctrines can seem impossible. But it's not. Just like I did when I was young and trying to solve a Rubik's Cube, we can take the same path. We can look up the solution in the solution manual, the Bible. The founder of Christianity is Jesus Christ. If anyone who has ever lived should know what Christianity should teach and do and be, then it is Christ himself. If we want to cut through the confusion and restore Christianity to what Jesus always wanted it to be, to solve the puzzle of Christianity, we need only to compare our mess to his teachings in his book and let Jesus Christ and his disciples speak for themselves. As we do, the solution becomes clearer and clearer, and the real Christianity that Jesus founded stands revealed before our eyes. So let's do that. Let's dive into the Bible and examine Jesus Christ's own teachings. Let the founder of Christianity tell us what it truly is what it truly believes, and what it truly teaches. And a good place to start with that is what he teaches about the Bible itself. What is the ultimate source of authority in Christianity? Some say the Bible should be that authority. Yet even then, attitudes and teachings differ. Some believe the Bible is a good book, but just a human book and that Christians need to increasingly ignore parts of the Bible that don't fit the times, such as teachings on sexual purity before marriage, etc. Others believe that it is inspired, but that it is a book we should interpret in different ways as time moves on. And then others still believe that God instilled 
ultimate authority in Christianity in certain men whose decisions are assumed to be perfectly inspired by God, even if their teachings completely contradict the Bible. Like we've said, confusion. But let's solve it. What was Jesus Christ's teachings about the Bible's authority in Christianity? In John chapter 10 and verse 35, Jesus made a remarkable statement. The Scripture cannot be broken. He said that the Scriptures do not contradict themselves. In fact, in John 17, 17, while praying to His Father in heaven, Jesus goes so far as to pray for His followers, asking God, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And how did Jesus regard the idea of men being able to overrule the Bible with their own man-made commandments and traditions? Look in Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 6. Speaking to the Pharisees, whom Jesus had said on another occasion were legitimate spiritual authorities in some things, Jesus had some harsh words. He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In verse 9, he continues his condemnation. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. Jesus is remarkably clear concerning which should take priority, God's Word or the traditions of men. He sides consistently on God's Word, the Bible. This confusion concerning the authority of the Bible is not hard to solve. We can cut through the devil's distractions and misleading ideas by simply listening to what the founder of Christianity, Jesus Christ, has to tell us. But to completely solve the puzzle, it's going to take more than just this. In a moment, we're going to get into details that will clarify the confusion and get us closer to solving this puzzle. But before we do that, let's take a brief break to allow you to request today's publication, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. You've likely never read anything like it, and no wonder. Satan the devil does not want you to read it but you don't have to take orders from him. This free booklet will open your eyes to the deception that he has woven over two millennia into the fabric of much of what we call Christianity today. What are the origins of many of the beliefs and practices of Christianity today? And how can we get back to the pure faith of Jesus Christ and the Bible? This free booklet will tell you how. Get your copy today. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Welcome back. The last element we discussed about turning this into this was profoundly significant. If we want to solve the puzzle of modern Christianity, and bring order to the confusion, then we need to look to the written record Christianity's founder, Jesus Christ, has inspired for us as a durable standard, God's Word, the Bible. As Jesus told His disciples almost 2,000 years ago, 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. His inspired word is our standard for clearing the confusion to understand the truth about Christianity, to solve the puzzle and reverse the mess that the devil and his twistings and distortions have created. Not the traditions of men, not our own ideas and preferences, but his own teachings and inspired instruction. So with that in place, let's look at how it helps us to solve the puzzle by considering another example. What should Christianity teach on the Ten Commandments? Many denominations teach that the Ten Commandments are a matter of law and works and are no longer required of Christians. They were done away with at the cross of Christ. They will rightly say that Christians are under grace, but then claim that grace to mean that God's law and His commandments are no longer required of us by God. Now, of course, rarely do they actually mean that you can now break the seventh commandment and commit adultery or the second commandment and worship idols. Often, it is simply a convenience to do away with the fourth commandment to observe the seventh-day Sabbath. The result has been a confusing Babylon of counterfeit Christianities, some of which recognize no commandments or laws as binding on Christians at all, while others simply substitute their own commandments or laws devised by human reasoning or maybe by geographical custom or by ancient tradition. Again, let's solve the puzzle. What do Jesus Christ and the Bible say on the matter? We've actually already looked at this when we noted that Jesus Christ condemned the religious leaders of His day for rejecting God's commandments to keep their own traditions. He quoted the book of Isaiah where God says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. But let's look further at Christ's teachings on the law of God and the Ten Commandments. Did He plan to do away with them on the cross? Note in Matthew 19 what Jesus says to a wealthy young man who asked Him what he should do to have eternal life. His words were plain and he told the young man, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. The young man asked which ones and Jesus promptly lists several of the 10 commandments. Let's look also in Matthew chapter five, beginning in verse 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Here Jesus says directly, do not think that my teachings destroy the law or the prophets. Do not say that Christianity teaches that God's law is done away. True Christianity will agree with Christ. He says that He came to fulfill the law, to fill it to the full. In the famous Sermon on the Mount, did Jesus say it was now okay to commit adultery? No. He said rather that you should even obey God's commandment in your heart by not even lusting after someone. Those who say that Jesus did away with the law, but that somehow that isn't the same as destroying the law, are playing the devil's word games to confuse the truth. If he wasn't clear enough, Jesus Christ makes it remarkably plain in the next several verses. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law 
till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Yep, heaven is still there. Earth too. God's law is not done away. Even long after Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, notice the words of his faithful apostle John. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Even the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, notice in that book how the body of believers, the saints, are described. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. You would read the same thing in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17. Even in the end times, the Bible describes true Christians as faithfully keeping the commandments of God, including the fourth commandment about the Sabbath. The Bible is clear on how Christians should regard God's law and commandments. As the prophet Isaiah proclaimed, to the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If we want to solve the puzzle of Christianity, we have to cast aside those teachings that do not correspond to God's law because there is no light in them. Embracing the devil's twisting, deceptive claim that God's law and commandments have been done away with is nothing but a guarantee that the confusion will continue. We'll conclude with our discussion of how to solve the puzzle of Christianity in just a moment. But I want to take one last short break to allow you to request today's free expose, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. Most of the people all over the world who consider themselves to be followers of Christ are actually lost in the devil's deceptions. Here are some section titles from this revealing publication. Satan has a kingdom. Counterfeit religion spreads. Babylon revived. And have Protestants come out of Babylon? You need to have your eyes open to the truth of the worldwide deception of Satan the devil and the role it plays in modern Christianity. Take the time right now to request your free copy of this publication, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. And I'll come right back to give you the final key to solving the puzzle and freeing yourself and your family from Satan's religious confusion for good. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Or write to us at the address on your screen. Or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. And be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now.
we've seen that in order to solve the confusing mess that Satan has made of Christianity, with its different competing teachings, doctrines, practices, and beliefs, we have to go back to the Bible, God's own word, and the testimony of the founder of Christianity, Jesus Christ. We've seen how it can clear away the confusion and help us to identify the truth when the world offers us such a bewildering variety of ideas. We've seen that the Bible shows us that Christianity should embrace God's law and His Ten Commandments, not reject them. But this is where many people begin to question whether they even want to solve the puzzle, whether they even want the true Christianity of Jesus Christ, or whether they want to hold on to the devil's confusing version because it's more comfortable to them. For instance, God's law in the Bible is clear that the first century church taught by Jesus kept the seventh day Sabbath as its day of worship and rest, not Sunday, the first day of the week. Luke tells us that Jesus' custom was to worship on the seventh day Sabbath. And the book of Acts records that even non-Jewish Gentile crowds came to listen to Paul's preaching on the Sabbath, not on Sunday. Most modern Christian churches and preachers teach about the believer's eternal destiny in heaven, but the Bible teaches about their future on the earth, ruling and reigning. Jesus said that the meek shall inherit the earth, and he plainly says in Revelation 2 that his followers will rule over physical nations. The Christianity of the world teaches that we have an immortal soul that can never be destroyed, while Jesus Christ teaches that God will destroy the souls of sinners, perfectly mirroring the Old Testament teaching of Ezekiel 18 and verse 4. The soul who sins shall die. We could go on and on, but as we draw to a close, let's ask two important questions. Earlier we mentioned the words of the Apostle Paul. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So here is our first question. If the religion called Christianity is in confusion, and God is not the author of confusion, then who is the true author of that religion? God answered in His Word, and Revelation 12:9 tells us that it is the devil who deceives the whole world. That brings us to our second question. Do you and I truly want to solve the puzzle? We know how to solve the puzzle. We apply the standard of God's Word to the confusion in Christianity to make it clear. But that doesn't guarantee that we want to solve it. Do we want this because it is comfortable and familiar? Or do we want this? the actual biblical faith of Jesus Christ. If you want to begin solving the puzzle for yourself, then please don't forget to request your free booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. The result could be a relationship with God and an understanding of the Bible that makes the whole world seem brand new, like you've never seen it before. I know because I've experienced it, and I know you can too. Thanks for watching. Be sure to come back next week when Gerald Weston, Richard Ames, and I, along with guest presenter Rod McNair, will continue to share with you the inspiring teachings of Jesus Christ, the encouraging good news of the coming kingdom of God, 
and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. We'll see you right here next week. To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.